High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. out there. It's nice and toasty by the fire. Welcome to the High School Slumber Party Christmas Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and the party's not at my place this evening, obviously. Welcome to my temporary abode, my home away from home this weekend. Quaint, isn't it? It's exactly what I wanted in a mountain cabin crackling fire, and look, we even got a white Christmas. I feel like I'm in a Whole Foods in Iowa It's that white. I didn't expect we'd get this much snow. Anyway, let me get you a hot toddy so you can relax for a bit. We need to chat about your homework assignment. This was your assignment, and I would like to see the results. Yes, you still had homework over the break. That's how I roll. And it was to watch Anna and the Apocalypse. Might be a tough movie to watch because it's still in theaters in most places. So if you didn't watch it, I'll give you a special Christmas pass for now. But please see it soon. I highly recommend it. While editing, I got so addicted to the soundtrack, I just kept playing the songs. They're like so catchy and so amazing. And honestly, this film was a lot of fun to watch. I loved everyone in it. So watch it. But if you didn't watch it, I think my guests today... Cage Club co-founders Joey Lewandowski and Mike Manzi do a sensational job of bringing you up to speed. Unfortunately, Joey and Mike can't make our Christmas party today because they want to spend time with their families on Christmas. Lame. But I recorded our chat right after watching End of the Apocalypse with them in the theater and just before heading up to the mountain. Hope you enjoy it. I'll be playing it in two parts, one this week and one next week. You know, because I expect... When more people arrive here, you'll just want to party anyway. Oh, awesome! That must be my guests. Let me just turn down the music. Here we go. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! Oh, hey, Kyle! It's Kyle Reinfried, host of Foodie Films, and of course, P.S. I love Hoffman. P.S. I still love Hoffman. A good friend. So glad you could make it. I was afraid no one was going to show up, to be honest with you. Come on, Brian. I, I wouldn't miss a party. So happy you can be here. Where's everyone else, though? I mean, the storm, I guess. Oh, come on. We won't let a little snow damper our holiday spirits. Is that a is that a keyboard over there? Yeah, it was here when I got here. It has all these, like, built-in tracks and stuff. Some of them are corny, though. Don't worry, I'm going to be playing some records when the party starts. Ooh, records. Do you have any of the contemporary stuff? Oh, sure, yeah. I think it's marvelous. Some of the tracks real nice. Do you like the older musicians, too? Oh, of course. Chaps like John Legend and Harry Styles. <laughs> you go back that far, huh? Are you into uh, traditional Christmas? Of course. And you know what? I just recently became an uncle, so I love just... I love this time of year. The presents and the tree, agents sliding down the chimney. What? Just seeing if you were paying attention. <laughs> Actually, my niece loves it when I sing uh, this song. My niece loves... Well, th- this one. A... Yep, right there. Come. 
me pa-rum-pum-pum-pum. A newborn king to see pa-rum-pum-pum-pum. Our finest gifts we bring pa-rum-pum-pum-pum. Rum-pum-pum-pum, rum-pum-pum-pum. I'm so sorry. There's a food emergency. I'll be back, I promise. You're gonna go down this snowy mountain in this blizzard for a food emergency? Ryan, food is my life. That's true, but I... But you didn't get your gift! Well, that's a bummer. You know, him being around makes me really hungry, though. Don't worry, I have plenty of snacks. Oh! We can make s'mores! What does your family make for the holidays? I don't know if mine has like a signature food, honestly. That's more like the Thanksgiving thing. I know some people have Christmas ham. I'm Dominican, so I feel like we always enjoy some nice bedney, which is pork. But there's nothing sexy about the word pork. <laughs> Makes me think of Bobby Cannavale and Chef. Lechon! Christmas drink. Now Christmas drinks are good. If you're of drinking age, of course. And please, if you are, drink responsibly. Don't drink and drive. Let's see, you got eggnog. Well, that doesn't have to be alcoholic, right? Hot toddies, as I mentioned. Hmm. When I was in Germany during Christmas time, we went to the Christmas markets. Oh, I love the Christmas markets. But we had some Glühwein. That was delicious. But I think my favorite is Coquito, which is of Puerto Rican origin. It's like kind of like a... It's like a coconut eggnog. Okay, okay, you caught me. I'm stalling. I was just hoping maybe some more guests would arrive. Ah. <sighs> Jeez, it's really coming down hard out there. I hope we get more guests. I hope people show up at all. Uh, well, you know what? Staring out the window is not going to help. Hey, you're here. That's enough people for a party. Go put on your favorite jammies, because we're about to get our party on. So let's roll this tape and put a song on from the soundtrack of Ant and the Apocalypse called Christmas means nothing without you. Christmas means joyful living. Christmas means family. Christmas means present giving. Beneath the Christmas tree. Christmas means white snow falling. But all I see is blue because Christmas means nothing without you. 
hope you guys. <laughs> ho, ho, I was, that's how we're Yeah, I, I want to sing in my ho, ho, ho today for this episode. I okay. wanted to jump in with something festive. I hope you're enjoying your holiday season, guys. Yeah, we're knee deep in it now. We're up to our elbows in Christmas. <laughs> so festive. I love it. No, um, I, I want to have, you know, the Cage Club founders on for our special Whoa. holiday episodes. Maybe. Oh, Mike's here. Hark. We're, we're actually at Cage Club North right now. Cage Club North. North Pole. Oh. Santa. I, Christmas. Yeah. I, sort of, uh, I sort of elbowed my way into this episode. I hope you don't mind. No, it, but it's great. And there's a lot of like correlations here. Everything is coming together, and I, and I think it's perfect. Mike, I'm glad you're here because I hope we'll be lucky enough to maybe get a couple of dads on today. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, uh, we definitely got me. <laughs> this this of the five dads is here. Congratulations, Mike. Uh, since I was last on the show, you met the lead singer of my five dads. Yeah, I was excited. So that was an occasion. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, <laughs> and uh, I actually do have a song, if you want one today. You know, we'll get to it, but we'll if you get want to it. I one, want that little Christmas gift yeah, for our uh, I got a, I got a stocking stuffer if you need it. So it's, it's, it's on deck, just so you know. Well, you guys both have been on High School Slumber Party before, so I shouldn't have to tell you how to introduce yourselves. Tell our audience who you are. Joey Lewandowski, 100 Central Regional High School Class of 2006. Go Red Devils. Right. Mike Manzi, Class of 97, RHS. Jesus, you're old. Go Maroons. <laughs> Whatever a maroon, we still haven't figured that out. Yeah, I think, it, you know. Some I kind of pirate or something. Soldier. <laughs> We're not sure. So uh, I think we talked about it on your show. Yep. Um, when we did Christmas Vacation on Third Time's a Charm, uh, cageclub.me, that's cageclub.me, how there are not a lot of Christmas high school films. Yeah. So when we were doing Family Man a couple of weeks ago for Cage Club Revisited, we were going through, there's a list on Letterboxd of all Christmas movies. And we were going through there, and one of the movies you already did is on that list. Oh, God, I'm blanking on the name now. Whoa, 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 Peter Kavinsky is... Oh, yeah, I guess... That's the thing. There's scenes, there's movies that are set, that have a scene well, at Christmas. What movie's this? It's uh, uh, a Netflix movie. Uh, to All the Boys of Love. Oh, okay. Oh, we don't... Which is still okay, one yeah. of the better movies you've done so far. It really is. And the sequel was just announced, so... Shout out Jenna Guillaume down in Oz. Oz. Nice. Know, where this character, or Anna, wants to go. She's That's right. That's, that was funny, that connection, because of, <laughs> of our fans in Australia. I love it. Yeah, so there's not a lot, but there are a few, and there's like that, it is, in a sense, a Christmas movie. Yeah, some stretches. Like that hot, the hot tub scene, right? When they go away, is that a Christmas? That's a. a it's a, like a, wintry, a, yeah. but there's a Christmas tree there. I don't know. Yeah, they they open gifts at some point. Peter Kavinsky does the popcorn thing, not, <laughs> not, not, not the popcorn. Thing. <laughs> not, not the popcorn in the uh, at the movie theater. Not, 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 not the great moments of not, history. Not the one from Diner. The not that popcorn <laughs> scene. <laughs> That's also a Chappelle films. show, right? Like they they spoof that in Chappelle show. Oh, right? moments of hookup history, I think. Oh, bummer. I think so. <laughs> I, I say bummer. That sounds <laughs> familiar. <show> perfect. <laughs> anyway, so I uh, I was like scouring the internet, couldn't find anything. Then, f- doing research for this podcast, I was at Alamo Draft House, I believe, for Teen Witch, and before Ooh. it, they ran a trailer for uh, Top That. <laughs> Top That is great. Should I? Put the clip in now? No, no. You guys don't want to top that again for like the ninth time. That's a shame. Idiotic, supersonic. I wish I knew all the words. All right now. No, it, w- it was for Anna and the Apocalypse, and I would just yeah. like, yes, wrote it down right away. Did research on this film. Didn't see really much about it, but I saw that it was at Fantastic Fest, and I'm like, hmm, who do I know who's been to Fantastic Fest before? So I contacted. Joey Lewandowski. This guy right here. The man right here. And it says something along the lines of, hey, do you know anyone who's seen this film and in the apocalypse? And I said, yes. I saw it a year and a month ago. That's <laughs> <laughs> on September 17. And I was like, awesome. Is it a high school film? And I said, I do not remember. <laughs> but you kind of you, you kind you of said you thought it was. I said, yes. I remember. My, my, my justification was, there's a scene in the cafeteria. I'm pretty sure it's a high school film. <laughs> I, I just wish that the audience could hear the sigh of relief about a minute into the feature when, when it started tonight. When and tells her dad she's not going to uni in the fall. I was like, you're <laughs> fine. We that are was good. great. Oh, yeah. No, we were talking about like possible reactions and i was thinking maybe right. contingency plans if it was not a high school film yeah i told you if you still did it and it wasn't a high school film i would do a fourth in the series <laughs> of, we would go a little off book at so, some point but yeah i so mean that I was never, a big relief 
Yeah, I didn't even heard of this movie, and I mean, I'd heard of it. I knew Joey had talked it up a little bit. You know, when it comes out, you got to see this movie. Every time he goes to Fantastic Fest, you know, I look at his list and I put, you know, the ones I want to see to the side. And I'd really forgotten about this, but I'd never seen a trailer. I'd never seen a poster. I'd never heard a word, you know, uh, commercial or anything about it. And so, like, today, I went in blind, basically, and it was great. The fact that it got a theatrical release in America is ridiculous to me, I think, because a lot of the movies, as I was saying as we were coming out of the theater, a lot of the movies that I see at Fantastic Fest are either bigger movies that are, that it's sort of like a get for them to get or whatever, or... I assume that they're just going to be dumped on VOD at some point because I think that's true of a lot of festival films because there's the big ones that just have their run and then they have either, you know, if it's an Oscar run or whatever. But then there's ones where it's just an indie movie that's basically being picked up for distribution because that's just the way that the world is going right now. Mm -hmm. So I didn't think that this was going to be a theater movie. And so I was waiting to see it again. But the fact that it went to theaters instead of on demand surprised me. But you know, there's a pretty solid crowd in our theater yeah. tonight, and people were really into it. So I was glad that, you know, for a little movie like this, that there's still a way for it to get out there. You know, I had to drive an hour to see it, but it was worth it. Yeah, okay. but... Uh, we saw two other movies tonight, too, <laughs> so, you know, it was You guys had it. a nice little marathon. Yep. But, like, as much as, yeah, I know you had to drive an hour, but it still was playing at, like... You know, an AMC. We didn't That's have to it. go to like the, the Angelica. You yeah, know, we didn't have to, to go to Manhattan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like the crowd was pretty mixed too because like it's a Christmas movie, it's a horror movie, it's a musical. Like, there's so much going on in this thing. It's really hard to sort of you know market easily. Yeah. You know? Like because. It could have came out at Halloween, but it should come out during the holidays. <laughs> it's just where does it land? And I'm just very glad that we were all able to see it together, you know, today. Absolutely. During the holiday season. In the holiday spirit. It was yeah. a little, like, holiday treat to ourselves, I suppose. I'm looking on my list from last year because every year I rank all the movies that I watch in a year. Uh, because I used to just do, like, my 20 favorite movies or whatever. And then I was like, this is so difficult because I don't remember. Because mm-hmm. I see so many movies and I have such a bad movie memory that I started ranking them as I go through. Mm-hmm. So, like, the first movie I see next year is going to be my favorite movie of 2019 until I see a second one. You know what uh, I mean? Yeah, that's and how so I... It's just yeah. a list that I keep in order. And so Instead of, see... like, a tournament, you do, like, like a boxing championship. Like, you're the champion. Yeah. For <laughs> yeah. Sure. And so this, was, this is number 52 out of, like, 200 or something. But... Uh, I, f- I forgot all about this. That somebody commented on my list on Letterboxd and said, so many things to disagree with, even if it's impressive that you actually saw 200 movies. And I said, well, that's interesting. And then my other friend was just like, LOL, I disagree. No comment. Mad props, though. <laughs> I'm starting to get, because I'm losing track. Like, 200 is hard to... I mean, like two new releases. Oh, new releases. Okay, yeah, that came out this year. Okay, yeah, that makes Jeez. more sense. Like right? Right yeah, now, last I'm, year I was up there, but this year on the new releases, I'm a little. I'm at 95 right now. Mm, I'm yeah, gonna, I'm gonna approach. I mean, as we're recording this, there's only like three and a half weeks left in December, but I'm gonna approach 150. Like I know that in the next 23 or four days, or whatever, I'm probably gonna see about 50 new movies that you know are this year. So. Wow, I've seen like seven. So well, you know, I'm nostalgic guy. What can I say? The, <laughs> the Podfather. The Podfather. Ooh. I know. Why hasn't anyone ever said that? Like Spoiling I've been waiting. Our Al Pacino. You remember that's the Al Pacino podcast that we're doing. That I have. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, have I showed you the art? Wait, you're joking. <laughs> Are you serious? There is. No, Mike, you've seen this. Hold on. Oh, oh well, this is old art that's been in. This has been filed though. This isn't anything we were going to do like in the next year or so. No, but this is the thing that Yumi and Joe were going to do. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. Hold but. On. Uh, <laughs> but I just thought, like, you know, play on words. You call him the Godfather of Network. It's, it's a good. podcast network. Oh, that's cool. That's Remember? <laughs> of course. Yeah. It's great. It fits well, perfect. We'll get, we'll get there eventually. Well, Kyle and I are doing a De Niro one, and we're oh. going to do this big crossover for Heat, where we just, like, Chancy you know. Cat. <laughs> you just have that, the helicopter. You're talking about me? You're talking about I've me? Heard it. Oh, he's in that one, too, right? No, but, in, you know, you could... You're talking about me. <laughs> talking, yeah. I like well, I mean, the name of the you, show instead of you talking to, instead you of you to me. I'm talking you two to me. Well, <sighs> so I mean, like my favorite De Niro movie is Neighbors. Neighbors yeah. <laughs> He's not in it, but they have a De Niro party. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I believe you've covered that on one of your shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gosling. Zach Attack. Zach Attack. Jesus, come on. Although Ryan Gosling is mentioned in this movie. Let's talk about Enemy Apocalypse. Eh, I don't know. Okay, so... Okay, oh yeah, quickly, quickly. Okay. okay. Some things. I was like, good connection. I'm glad I have you on, Mike Manzi, because the last Apocalypse movie I did was what? with oh, you. Oh, yeah. Apocalypse? That's right. Yeah, we the Apocalypse. We another hero. Wow. Mod Mox, I... 
Yeah, bought a town. <laughs> you see? No, oh, Tina Turner. And that's my excuse to drop the Tina Turner. We don't need another hero. We don't need to know the way home. All we want is watching And Joey, the last episode of mine you were on was also an apocalypse movie, which was Resident Evil. The last, I mean, the <laughs> Part last three released, not the last episode I recorded. No, you. but the last one you were on. So, <laughs> you Podcalypse, your Ooh, new show. There we go. There get, we go. Podcalypse. Yeah. I guarantee you that's a podcast right now. Probably. <laughs> well, we just shouted them out. So um, there was one other thing I was going to mention. That we're doing this at like oh, okay. almost midnight and I'm a little punchy. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's an old man. He goes to bed at 9 p.m. Not on nights of SNL. I mean, Jason Mimosa's on tonight. Might have to stay Jason up for that. Mimosa. Not Mimosa. Well, that's what we call him now. That's Is what it? Kyle and I call it. It's Jason, it's Jason nice. Momoa, but we call him Mimosa because he's, he's just enough to he's so sweet. Guys. Well, no, I was going to say, like, I didn't think you saw it because I thought it was at this year's oh, Fantastic no. Fest. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you didn't go to this year's Fantastic Fest because you Rub used your monies to go to Scotland. Where this film takes place. Yeah. So Yay. this is just perfect. Yeah. I feel like, you know, this, this was meant to be. I had trouble placing, because they don't outright say we're, we're in Scotland. They do in the, in the Did, car in the beginning. Oh, I missed that totally. Because uh, I got a very big, uh, like, Shaun of the Dead vibe from this, you know? Like, I was thinking yeah, British or something. At one part, I even thought it was New Zealand, because she's like, I want to go to Australia. Oh, you mean how this movie basically is just like, hey, remember Shaun of the Dead? Like, let's do this. No, well, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's not as, it's not like a rip-off, you know? I feel like, it, it, no, because they add the music, and it's teenagers, and I feel like they're trying to get a different point across, ultimately, but like... So, here's where I'm going to drop a little bit of a hammer. This should be my favorite movie of all time, because it's Christmas, it's a musical, it's Apocalypse, and... It, is like, this horror, technically? It's horror. Yeah, okay, yeah. good. So, I, so I'm fulfilling. I mean, oh, so promise. Brian, yeah, there you go. Fulfilling my promise. Yeah, yeah. Check that off. <laughs> um, and there's just, I just can't really play my put my finger on it. But I don't think this movie works very well. Mm. I I hmm. still really like it, but I think it's a mashup of things that haven't gone together before, and it just doesn't feel like they jive. I think the back half is kind of slow. Really, I think hmm. I just it just doesn't. I I'm not in total disagreement. Like I. I feel like it's a little loose, you know, like there's, it needs some tightening up. It needs a little more choreography. It needed a little more like pizzazz or something, but I actually felt the back half was stronger than the first half. I felt like, let's get it on. Let's go on. The songs are great. I love the soundtrack. Kind of wish there was one or two more and kind of wish they were a little more like action oriented, maybe one or two of them. But I hear what you're saying. It's not, 100% 100% by any means, but I had a great time watching But also, it. you know, we saw three movies today. This is the shortest by far. The first yeah. two we saw were two hours each, and this feels to me like the longest of the three. Wow. Yeah, I could see that. It did kind of have that little bit of a stall to it. Like but, Spider-Verse you know. flew by. The favorite mm-hmm. was... Favorite felt a little bit longer than Spider-Verse, but the favorite also went But the by favorite quickly. was two hours, too. Yeah. yeah no, I hear what you're saying. It lulled. I, I think... Um, I think general audiences are going to be pretty wowed by this, though. Like, that's what I feel that's like. the other thing is that I have my, – my brain is broken from these kind of movies. Yeah. Just like – because even when I saw it at Fantastic Fest, it's hard for me to judge because you see 38, 37, 38 features in eight days, and it's just like what's actually good and what's not good. And I remember liking it and really yeah. enjoying it and, re- and really liking a few of the songs and then just being like – this didn't click the way that I thought it was going to click. Hmm. And you I mean, felt the same way this time? I think the, the first half, I was like, oh, maybe I do like this more. And then the second half, I was like, no, it just doesn't. I don't want to ruin my uh, candy cane baseball bat rating at the end. But <laughs> I still like this movie a lot. And I will, when it comes on Blu-ray, like if it's, you know, I'll, I'll buy it and watch it again and stuff. But it just, for what it mashes up, especially going back, I've, talked, I've told the story on a couple different podcasts that when I took Tobin, shout out the contenders, took his screenwriting class in college, one of my ideas was to do a Romeo and Juliet updated version where Romeo is a zombie and it's also a musical. And then people were like, that's a dumb idea. And then Warm Bodies came out and I got real mad at the world because I was like, that's kind of my idea. Not that I could have done it that well, but it was my idea. And then this is, you know, the zombie musical. And like, this is also kind of my idea. And like, I just feel like if somebody wanted to do this again, they're still like the great movie that's out there. Like I yeah. think it's it's great and it's fun and it's original and it's new. Like there's this hasn't been done before, but like when you combine all these things 
the way that this tries to combine them, it doesn't all gel the way it should. And I think all mm. the I think all the actors are good. I think everybody's in there doing it. The good thing I think the songs are good. You know, it just I don't know if it's the story and how the story just feels like. Oh, it's just like a sort of a very boilerplate. Mm. And I was even writing down Did... notes like these are all things that we've seen before, like you know, dead mom or gone missing mom or whatever, and like yeah. you know, setting at school and like these like past relations. Like it's just like I think the story is just so bland, and I feel like if there was mm. more something unique there to fit in with the way that the actual setting is unique it would have been better, but yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think part of it is the budget. Like, this is a very ambitious film, and it doesn't quite have the power to pull off everything it wants to. Like, you could see, like, what it's always going for, but it never really gets to that height because I just feel like it doesn't have the backing to it. Like, it's just overreaching a lot of the time, but, like, none of that is necessarily a bad thing. Like, it doesn't ruin the movie for me or anything like that, but it presents moments where I'm like, oh, this could be elevated, this could be elevated. Like, they have the idea, they just don't necessarily have all the means to pull it off, perhaps. But, again, I, I still liked it a lot. Like, I think it, just by virtue of being sort of like a foreign film, you know, like, if this was made in America yeah. by American people, like, they would have all the money it needed and all the backing to do whatever it wanted to do whereas here it really just had to rely on some shortcuts some trick photography and hiding some things like that and so i feel like it did the best it could but i agree like it definitely sort of overreached a little bit and um didn't didn't exactly score every point it was shooting for but ultimately i think the score was very high had a very good time and yeah, I would definitely recommend this. I mean, it's the director John McPhail's second feature. Yeah, first. I was going to say, seem like it do we got, know anything about the this first director? one? Has only seventy ratings on IMDb, so like it just didn't really, like he made a feature that just wasn't seen. Then like this is something out. that people will see and be like, "Who did this? I yeah. want his next thing." Like whatever yeah. he does mm, next is good. That's like, true. Yeah, don't you love that when you see that name? Like I know that name. You look it up. You're like, "Oh, that guy did Anna and the Apocalypse." That should be interesting. Because like he could go so many places from here. He can go do like a straight up musical. He could go do a straight up horror movie. He could go do a family wholesome holiday film. You know what I'm saying? Like any of the three movies this was, he could sort of separate and go make on its own. Now, like this is a great calling card for this director so just a quick note one of the only uh, trivia things is remember there was like that dedication at the end mm-hmm. to somebody it was to ryan mchenry who passed away in 2015 uh he directed and wrote the short film zombie musical for which this was based oh cool so, wasn't did you know there was a short i don't think so there was a when i saw the fantastic there was a q a maybe with the director or maybe with one of the writers i don't remember that might have come up then i don't remember mm. but gotcha that was also. This is also a movie that I saw at midnight. This was the last movie of of the oh. day, and so you know, a one thirty a.m. Q and A. I'm definitely not going to <laughs> yeah. from. I can tell you that much. So I'm guessing most of you out there are not too familiar with this film, um, and usually I read the VHS back or the DVD back. Doesn't exist yet, so right. I'm reading the Fandango synopsis. Here. Is this your first theatrical? Hmm, movie that's a good that question. It? Yeah, I think so. Oh, cool. Yeah, because the other ones have been this year, but they were Netflix. Nice. All right. Or, or, right, or eighth grade. Did you see that in theater? Oh, uh, eighth grade. Okay. You're right. I was second, sure. second theater. All right, so close. Cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I saw eighth grade and then like a month later it, was it came on out demand. on demand, so I, I got confused. Because I just real late in this run. Yeah. Because I just put up a poll on Facebook. I was like, do you want me to review movies still in theaters or when they get yeah, to home release? Out? What did people say? I, no one voted. So I, don't know. <laughs> I didn't I see that on one. Twitter, maybe? I voted somewhere I said theaters. Okay. Yeah, because there's a couple, you know, when a part three comes out, I want to go get go see it right away. Take take of care course. of it. Review it. Yeah, because I guess Summer of 84 was VOD and... Kissing Booth was VOD, and All the Boys I Loved Before yeah. was VOD. And... Okay, cool. So eighth grade, technically, but but barely. All right, so this Gucci. film. Gucci. A zombie apocalypse threatens the sleepy town of Little Haven at Christmas. My phone went black. Oh, I thought that was the <laughs> No, that'd be great. At Christmas. Forcing Anna and her friends to fight, slash, and sing their way to survival, facing the undead in a desperate race to reach their loved ones. But they soon discover that no one is safe in this new world, and with civilization falling apart around them, the only people they can truly rely on is each other. So that little summary there is kind of more to your point, Joey. That that was very like bland. That's happened in a lot of films, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. The only thing that kind of elevates this to something new is the music. Yeah, and I I thought that the music was like like I agreed with you. I thought it was good. It was very like 
poppy and contemporary. It reminded me, maybe not of like music of today, but it reminded me of music of like five years ago. You, you know what it kind of reminded me of, just in the like the way that the songs would sort of build and build and build and sort of end on these crescendos. It reminded me of like the music from Little Shop of Horrors. Have you guys mm, ever seen that movie? Too, which is yeah. the only other horror musical I can think of right now. <laughs> oh, Rocky Horror. Yeah, but I mean that's not like. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Okay. So, but in Little Shop, like it's right there in the title. <laughs> and, and in Little Shop of Horrors, but in Little Shop though, like it is like Rick Moranis, like his songs are so they remind me very much of like Anna, like the way she would sing it. They would just grow and grow and grow. Like okay, that. yeah, okay. I feel like there were two types of songs, right? There were those, mm. those like theatrical ones, and then there were like the poppy, like Kesha, Katy Perry kind of things they would throw at you. In this movie, yeah, I'm not familiar with Kesha. You should be. Listen to Rainbow. Rainbow is fantastic. Okay. Listen to the God- hook- she has a Godzilla song. Dude, hook, on, me, hook me up, guys. I'm got to start relying. I'm too old <laughs> to know to what's Listen hit. to Kesha. You, got, you clearly didn't finish my episode on um, <laughs> Tammy and the T-Rex because that was my closing song. Uh, 30, 30 minutes left. Up, right? or no, Car- no, maybe... Kara suggested Kara it. Kara suggested yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, so you'll hear it there, a little bit of it. So, okay. but, but just listen to it organically because it's actually really great. Anyway, yeah. so, so Joe... You're talking about Kesha's songs in this movie the music oh yeah no i thought some of them were like pretty poppy like that uh, i liked when the jerk boy was singing about killings like how yes. much a great zombie killer he was. i so love the that... dance moves in that one Ooh, yeah. ladies why don't you get behind me yeah I liked that a lot was because his character was really well set up to be sort of like above like breaking out into spontaneous song and dance and yet he maybe has like the best voice out of every he goes he's like his pitch is so high and like he dances around a lot and like from that point on like the movie to me was like alive ironically because everyone's dead (laughs) but like that's when I was sort of like okay cool like I'm I'm really connecting for the rest of this he wasn't dressed like it but he danced for lack of a word, in a very glam rock way that mm. I loved. Yeah, it was a lot of that like hand dancing yeah, like the and like and I the almost feel like he would like do a wall jump if he could. Or <laughs> <laughs> there is a I don't know if it's a high school movie, but there's a movie. It's another UK musical. There's a couple of UK musicals like Sing Street is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Like I love Sing Street, but even more like I love is uh, God Help the Girl. Okay, I haven't seen that yet. Oh man, like if you want like British musicals like high school ish age. Again, God don't know if they're the high school, <laughs> don't know if they're college. Well, I have a whole list of, like, I need to verify films. God Help the Girl oh, cool. and Sing Street are both great. They're both better movies than this. Hmm. Well, well, like, I was even getting a vibe, I mean, this isn't a musical, but I was getting a vibe of, like, the full Monty at one point, too, because it's just, like, this idea of the isolation of the town and the music and stuff. I mean, they don't sing in that, but there's a lot of music and dancing in that. They strip at the end of that, that's what the full Monty <laughs> means and stuff, but I mean, <laughs> I don't know what it is, there's just something about that area of the world, like the UK, Scotland, Ireland, that area, Scandinavia, there's a lot of great musical movies that like kind of come out of that zone. Um, I think even more so than like we get in America. Like we get the high school musical stuff, but I feel like we haven't really gotten any really 
super strong, powerful American musicals recently. La La Land. So, oh, La La Land. But they sing like the same song five <laughs> no, times. No, no, no. I no, love no, that movie. No, I'm no, just, no, I'm, no, come on, no, I'm taking no, the piss no, out of you. No, no, but there's like three ooh, songs in that movie. Taking the piss. Very good. <laughs> I mean, there, there's three. UK. There's slang. three themes. But I'm just saying like, okay, La La Land's an exception, but like, come on. Like, <laughs> it's been like, you know, 15, 20 years since we've had something High musical. like well, that. Well, I'll put it this way. There's not too much tongue-in-cheek musicals coming out of the United States, you know, like, like, yeah. Well, there are throwbacks. I didn't mean the genre is just an old timey genre. That I could do, be it too. I think that there's. A, I mean, I think there's a transition now in terms of movies in general into being sort of movies about music and that incorporate music into the story mm-hmm. as opposed to just being a straight up musical. Kind of like uh, like the um, the rock band biopics and stuff like that, where we get like the, yeah. the Queen, and then we saw the Elton John mm. okay, so trailer, and like things like that, and even like the Johnny Cash movie, where it's like, yeah, you could call that a musical technically, but like walk the line, yeah, walk the line, but it's really not structured like a classic Hollywood musical. No, you no, know, of course not. No, I feel like people kind of stray away from it because when they do try and pull it off, there's like an inherent sense of sort of like parody to it just mm. because it's such like a old timey or like an older thing and when it was around it was also golly gee whiz like so clean and and oh, wholesome great, greatest showman i'm sorry i'm just oh you know, bro yeah no thanks for my i that i will give i loved greatest showman i that really took me by surprise so joe you are our resident scribe at the theater yep. because you brought paper and yep. well, a nice a nice fancy notepad actually yes and you'd seen it before, so you're more in the position to take the notes. Um, yes. So I'm going to rely on you for okay. a couple things. Sure. Well, first, any scenes you want to talk about? Any? Because uh, I know you were like looking forward to some songs here. Well, there's the one song in particular that I, <laughs> with my entire review when I saw it uh, a little over a year ago that I was like, this is it. And then when she started singing, I was like, this is the song. Uh, it's called It's That Time of Year, or It's The Time of Year, where Anna's best friend... Seeming not that like best female friend, yeah, because her best friend is the guy who she friend zoned, friended zoned, <laughs> if that's a thing. And her best female friend, that's the second sort of like not that she and the the guy are like a relationship, but it sort of feels like that's like the primary relationship. And then like this other one, like an actual coupleship, is like the, sort of the secondary relationship, yeah. right? It's the girl who is taking care of the grandma of her boyfriend, who is the film the filmographer guy. And so there is a Christmas show yeah pageant which, like a, like from, a talent show but christmas from the film love actually british film christmas film seems like they do that a lot in british schools i think it's just a christmas pageant like almost I know, every but it, school does it one. feels very british to me i don't know okay. <laughs> uh when she starts singing it uh she's just a cute girl talking about how she wants to fuck santa and it's so goddamn good snow is falling on the frosty ground Christmas cheer is spreading all around. It's that time of year, but I'm feeling so blue. There's a lack of presents in my stocking, and my chimney needs a good unblocking. Come on, Santa dear, I've been waiting for It is a well-written song. It starts out just sort of slow, and then like there's a little bit of double entendre. Then she like she signals like like six shirtless dudes in just suspenders and like short red shorts come out, and they start like swinging around candy canes. And the psychotic principal, why leaned over Brian and said, "Scottish Gary Oldman." Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. He uh, sounded like uh, the Jorah Mormon to me. Guy. Okay. Was he in anything or from anything? That I, guy? I thought he was great, but. She is just talking about how she wants to fuck Santa and like just wants him to unload his sack and like all these great and like it's double entendre. Yeah, it's really good. And she's like, it's great, and like you can see like the crowd, like it feels in a way 
another Christmas-themed musical number from Mean Girls. Mm. Shout out oh, also yeah, Ariana, yeah. Ariana Grande's Thank You Next video, where they're having like this very, very sexy high school dance, and like the whole crowd is like, I don't know how to react to this. And Amy <laughs> Poehler is in the crowd filming and like really into it. She's like <laughs> such a proud mom. But here, you know, there's a couple people like kids trying to see, and a couple like creepy old dudes like clapping along. Whatever, mm-hmm. just like this is so uncomfortable. The, the ex headmaster. And it is like that is I think still my favorite part of this movie, just because it's so unexpected. And, just and it's so not zombie-related at all. No. I love scenes like that in movies, like talent show sequences. Like, um, Fist Fight had a great moment. That was, like, maybe the best moment of that movie. Def- uh, that was definitely the best moment of that movie. <laughs> well, I really like that movie. I think that movie's hilarious. Uh, another one, I mean, the movie that we both that we both like as a movie, but Logan Lucky, when she sings John oh, yeah. Denver, is mm-hmm. so good. Yeah, it brings a tear to my eye. So the guy who was the headmaster is actually on Game of Thrones. Oh, no kidding. He plays He's- that guy, Thoros of Mir. Oh. Who's like he's like a you know he's like a drunk. Yeah, one of the the red. The yeah, red the, he, he's the, the priest. The red priest. One of the red priests. Right. Yeah, I call them the merry men because they like the, no banners. Yeah, the, no the brotherhood banners. without banners. He's with them oh. for a while, and I recognized his eyes. Yeah, I thought he was the guy in Hot Fuzz, who's the Shakespeare actor guy that that dies, but it wasn't. Oh that, yeah, yeah, you know, guy, because yeah. this guy's hiding behind a huge bushy beard, and Hot Fuzz he wouldn't have had that, but I, I don't think it's him. But still, it was. It was sort of weighing on me. A couple of the actors in this movie, I was like, I thought I knew them from stuff, but it turns out that this is pretty much the first thing that like most of these people have been in. Yeah, it's not like that guy's been in Game of Thrones, which obviously is huge, but he's mostly like a TV guy. Well, he's got a lot of TV work, especially in England. Would you consider A Star Is Born a musical? I don't. I haven't seen the new one. I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know where to draw the line. Like, does it have to be a musical? Do you need to break out into dance as well? Like, does everybody have to just start spontaneously, like you know, dancing? <sighs> like, is- pop star musical not really no no hmm. you see you know what i'll tell you there's a, like the scene in this movie with like just screams like almost like the perfect scene to me was uh when she wakes up the morning of the apocalypse yep. yeah and she's singing yeah. down the street and all the background stuff from like the dawn of the dead remake by Zack schneider is going on in the background <laughs> people falling out of windows getting hit by cars and this and that and she's having like the best day ever because she doesn't realize what's going on. She's totally oblivious. That was like perfect musical. I feel like the movie really gelled in that sequence, you know, for me, for the first time. I was like, all right, it came together. and I think this is pretty fair, is that a musical is where the songs progress the story. Mm, mm-hmm. That, like, mm. if you remove the songs from, like, Pop Star, it still tells the story. You just don't see the actual, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's not like yeah. their narrative building. Like, here, you don't see that. I mean, I think you could, in ways, remove a lot of the songs. Like, you remove some of the songs in this movie. They wouldn't impact the story. But, like, there's, yeah. you know, the no such thing as a Hollywood ending, and there's the song that you're talking about where it's just that those are story building and world building in yeah. a way that, like pop star isn't same thing with high school musical like the, the musical songs progress the story yeah as opposed to just being like cool songs that somebody sings in the movie absolutely it's weird though this one i think it definitely obviously it's a musical right but that fits less than a high school musical where a lot of the songs they're like actually having conversation yeah. And you don't really see that in this one. Well, like even in Greece, right? Like yeah. in parts of Greece, like the song will sort of they'll stop singing, the music will keep going, and they'll be like, hey, Danny, Sandy. what about that thing? <laughs> yeah, like, like, let's have a little talk. And then back to the song now. Yeah. Like, and also, though, in a lot of those songs, too, they're chatting, and it's yeah. like as if we were just talking now, but in music. And in this film, a lot of times <laughs> it just seems like. It's not a criticism, but sometimes it seemed like it stopped to make a music video while things were happening. And sometimes it did progress, too. And I also think there's a weird blend in this movie of, like, singing and singing, like, internal thoughts. Mm. Like, it feels like 
a lot of the songs where like, people are singing together, it's like what they're thinking, but the songs like it's like different thoughts combining. It just feels like they're they're songs I like. There's just something about it that doesn't like quite click for me. You no, know, it's interesting because I kind of felt that in a way too. And when it first started, I was like, all right, cool. Like we're gonna get Anna's song, and then we're gonna get her friend's song, and then right. we're gonna get her dad is gonna have a song. But no, like it kind of like cross cut between different characters. And I was like, oh, well, that's cool. The Hollywood ending song where like everybody's involved in this. But then every song was like that. You know what I mean? And it was kind of just a little weird to me where it was like, no one except for the headmaster gets his own song. Like that was a little weird. (laughs) Like, um, I think maybe if, if it was a little more regimented in the sense of, okay, this is her song. This is his song. Now they're all singing this one together, you know, because it just felt a little disorganized in a sense to that where maybe the composer was like everybody needs to have a part in this and then by virtue of trying to squeeze everyone into every song to a degree maybe it just sort of thinned them out a little bit maybe just trying to get some of the thoughts clear in my own head like i i'm not too familiar with zombie stuff you're talking to a scholar <laughs> like i would love to teach a class just on like romero zombies i've i've seen just like the the greatest hits right so this no, was no, no, ve- no, no, no. we're not going to gloss over that. What what have you seen? So you've seen Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, mm. you've seen Return of the Living I've Dead. Seen, like of those four you mentioned, I've seen two and I don't remember which one's which. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen Shaun of the Dead several oh, man. times. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to I want you to fully Evil get- Dead I've seen. Okay. All right. Well, I feel like seeing Shaun of the Dead again, like I feel like the scene in this where they're singing and oblivious to the world around them is also the same thing in Shaun of the Dead where he's like on the way to the shop. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's a, yeah. Like, I just feel like we've seen this before. Like, I, I, I want people to see this movie. Like, I don't think, I don't want my criticisms to be like, don't see this movie. You've seen it before. I want people to see this. I think it's great that it's in theaters. I just think that, like, for me, I wanted that next level. Because I feel like yeah. I've seen a lot of this before. Yeah. Whereas opposed to, like, Spider-Man, like, we've seen so many superhero Dude. movies, and, like, that yeah. was so new. So many Spider-Man it, movies. It really, that's a good comparison, is, like, Spider-Man is just taking, you know, it's the same thing. It's like, we're doing Spider-Man again, but, like, they managed to make that so unique yeah. and completely different, and, like, you're literally seeing stuff you haven't seen a before. Bunch of ways. And, yeah, like, more than one single way, like, multiple, multiple levels of that movie making it fresh and exciting. In this, in the way that this movie just kind of wanted to add a soundtrack to the same old thing, like I'm not down on it either. I really like it because I love basically anything to do with zombies and stuff. I didn't think Joey would be this hard on it, even though I know you like it very much and everything. But it's a tough one. Like I just, I don't know. I could see how it doesn't quite reach the heights that one might expect, but I was still very pleasantly surprised with what it was able to pull off. So I thought it was fun. You know, like I had a good time. Yeah, it's, oh, fun. it's fun. I'm not saying it's not. I just think it just combines things. Like, I don't. Has there ever been like just a straight up Christmas zombie movie? No, probably right. I don't. I Have don't there think been Christmas so. musicals? Maybe. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm, like yeah. a Christmas Carol. Mm, oh yeah, Nicholas Cage Christmas Carol, but that's not a musical. <laughs> but like, I just feel like even like the fact that there's no zombie Christmas movie and then the, in the musical, like if, I don't know if it was just trying to do too many things. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. So like maybe if it was just like a zombie musical or one of the one thing and that. But I think that's part of its charm. It's like yeah, it's like a kind of like a clusterfuck. Though it could have been more clusterfucky, or you know. <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> Like, there could have been more chaos. Well, you know, one thing for me, which was, like I mentioned earlier, I had I wasn't sure where this was taking place, right? Like, immediately, I wish it was just a little more clear-cut where we are, the town, the envi- like the tone of the town and the environment and the situation. Because I feel like there's a little bit of, like, you know, shorthand that I might be missing because I'm not from Iceland, Scotland. Sorry, <laughs> I'm not from Scotland. Or Iceland, you're not from there Right, either. like, I'm not from the area. So, like, maybe I'm not picking up on some visual cues that are just like you know very obvious to people from that part of the world and no but I don't think this movie had a great sense of place no that's what I'm saying right. like it doesn't I don't, think, I don't like, think you're missing out on things because like even if you know where it is like I agree like, it, you know what I'm trying to say yeah, though no, no, like, no, I, I, like I if you're from there like right. maybe yeah because I don't I, even think that that's true I don't think okay like, like I think the weirdest sort of geographical thing about it is that there's a school right next to a military base and I don't know if that's true <laughs> in real life or if that's just like a convenience for the movie well, I mean, I don't know, you know, I don't know enough about, I think it's a made-up town, that's clear. Scotland does have military bases, but it seems like it, yeah, again, like it's for the movie, because you didn't see that, like, that was a big part of 
the film. It's not like, oh, you know, I grew up with my dad in the army and it's been tough, you know? <laughs> yeah, there just wasn't a lot of that stuff, like, set up in the first act. You know what I mean? Like, the yeah. idea that the ex-boyfriend ended up having to murder his military dad because he became a zombie, right? Like, we didn't know that his dad was in the military. Like, there's not even a single line. You know what I mean? But yet they set up the swinging star from the stage, and that comes back at the end. So, like, there's just little Mm. things that, that I, as a viewer, just expect that are just a given, kind of, when it comes to the first act that... I felt like, oh, something seemed to be missing. Like, I don't feel like they're really setting everything up well enough to pay anything off at the end. And they kind of don't. Like, only one or two things really pay off at the end. Especially considering he's one of the three people who survives. The fact that he's just set up as, like, the douche is, like, Mm -hmm. it's doing doing his character a disservice. Yeah. Like, if we saw him do that, like, in public, but then, like, have, like, an actual human, try to have a human interaction with Anna, like, in the hallway or something, where he's not just trying to show off in front of his friends, but even... Even there, he's like still like hitting up. You know, he's just right. he's doing the same thing. That guy needed a heroic death. You know what I'm saying? Like he needed to redeem himself as a character by giving his life to save Anna. And like, I thought that was going to happen. I, I yeah. swore that was going to happen. And I thought for sure, like he was going to jump in the way and save the guy he didn't like. You know, the best friend. Yeah. And I thought that was going to happen. Well, and so, so that actually leads me to a thing that sort of bothers me, like that I think is cool. That then leads to bothering me is that like this is something you might not know, Brian, but like in very few zombie movies, people know what zombies are. Oh, yes. Like generally speaking, mm. movies, mm-hmm. it's like this new phenomenon. That's and fair. so like Shaun of the Dead does it, like they know sort yeah. of about like they know what like it's they're more aware of it than normal. In Resident Evil, the movies they don't, but in the book they did. Oh. So that was very weird. Well that book is also really <laughs> the novelization. Weird. That's the least weird thing about that book. <laughs> Again, to listen to Third Times a Charm about like the the high school quarterback rape charge oh, and like, the the subsequent town fallout, like whatever. <laughs> um, okay, so very few movies like this have the characters know what's going on. So like right away they're like, oh, he's seen every zombie movie. And I understand this is a comedy, but like the fact that they know that these are zombies and mm-hmm. they are so ill-equipped to do anything about it. Like, they yeah. feel like they should have been smarter. Like, the fact that the photographer boyfriend who has seen every horror movie, like, he, I mean, they, they play a joke that, like, he's like, oh, no, they're fine. Like, he runs up and hugs his friends or whatever, like, without doing any kind of due diligence. <clears throat> but the fact that he and his girlfriend die such a dumb death, yeah. it just feels like these characters should be smarter because they know how to handle... Like, That's, not like yeah. not that we are... Like, the three of us would be better than them at surviving a zombie apocalypse. But I feel like... Because these are not, like, 28 days later... You'd like, at least sprinting. go right for the head. Right, you go right for yeah. the head. Especially the, the douchey guy who survives till the end. He's obviously able to take out an entire room by himself. Right. Like, the two of them, or the three of them with the blonde girl, there's, like, six people in that teacher's lounge. Yeah, they should have been able to clear it out. The movie, I feel... I don't know. I watch too. a lot of baseball. I don't know if I could hit a 90-mile-per-hour fastball. But the he- the but zombie's standing right in front of you. staggering towards you slowly. <laughs> this is like a three-mile You guys know more about zombies than well, me. I don't well, this, know. The, I, mean, I, I would die, I guess. It just feels like the movie sets up the thing that very few zombie movies do in that they know how to kill them from the jump. It's not like yeah. there's not a learning curve where it's like, let me try to cut off their arms or whatever. Like they go, <laughs> like from the beginning, they cut off the head, they're like, okay, cool, these are zombies. Yeah. And then they don't use that to any extent. Like it just feels like if you're athletic, you're able to kill zombies. If you're not, but then like Anna can do mm-hmm. it, but like nobody else, like it just, it doesn't it, feel it, consistent. Yeah, it's weird. It feels like something about like overcoming your fear and then you can take a swing, but they never really get to that. Uh, no, I mean, it's tough. Like there's like reverse setup. Like they set up the idea, like this kid's seen every horror movie. They show the chest bursting thing that he did on TV. And Which then actually they reminded me of Chainsaw from uh, Summer School. Mm, yeah. yeah. But, then, but that's like <laughs> one character they do set up to be equipped during and the he's apocalypse. The worst and one. he's not. He's yeah. not. He's just holding the camera the whole time. He's only equipped to point and shoot. He's not actually equipped to like act like any of his heroes in any of these movies. But like I wholeheartedly agree. Like if you know what a zombie is and then the apocalypse happens and they're calling these things zombies, like you should be like ready to go. You should get down immediately and be like, all right, get some sharp blunt objects, like get a bunch of people together and aim for the head. You know, well, not rules, everybody you know the is deal. A, like a leader. Some people panic. And there's like, a lot of shock. Like they all panic. Okay, yeah. I have another example, right? Okay. So, somebody we know, that we all know here, 
Um, one time was... Just say Kyle. <laughs> that is I'm not so funny. funny. You're getting that, but it's Kyle. Just say Kyle. So, someone we know once who watches a lot of films okay. and about a lot of Sylvester Stallone films was right. called up to the front of an audience once. I'm not going to say his name. And I'm Kyle Reinfried. All right. And asked to name... Sylvester Stallone films to win a prize. And choked. And choked. So some people choke in the pressure. That's not a bad comparison. I could see that being like, even someone being like, oh, I'm going to get my kill on with these zombies, and then being like, oh, shit, they're more than I can handle. Ah, I regret <laughs> nothing. Well, we don't even get that. No, we don't even fair, get that. Fair, fair. Yeah. The other thing, though, that character was trying to tell one of the themes of this, which is something we see a lot, that like, oh, we're so stuck on our phones, technology thing. But he mm-hmm. had a reason for that, because his pictures of his girlfriend and his grandmother around there, he didn't think they were going to be able to... Like, oh, that part, yeah, but he didn't need to be filming the entire time. Yeah, but I mean, that's just like his thing. Like, I feel, it just... <sighs> it's more fun to watch than to talk about this one, isn't it? <laughs> like, for me, now that I'm talking about it, it's like, I don't like no, it less, I'm, but I'm, I'm starting to see no, I'm glad that like I'm these little holes and stuff. Like, this is the kind of thing where I'm just like, I want to be able to articulate why I don't like it as much as I should. Because I should love this movie. Like, everything is there for me. And I just don't love it. And I feel like that's it's partly why. I also feel yeah. like if the movie from the jump is like, okay, there's only going to be a handful of survivors. Like, we ought, we know that Anna's going to survive because mm-hmm. her name's in the title. And then, you know, for a normal kind of horror movie, there's not going to be that much more than that. But I feel right. like you start with, like, eight or nine people. And, like, there's just, you need to have a lot of them die. And I feel like even though they die in ways that kind of sort of make sense, they all sort of seem forced into the death. Like, they're like, we need to kill six of these yes. people. And so, triumphantly celebrating, like, and the and Rudolph, like, that feels a little more earned that still also kind of feels mm-hmm. lazy like it just yeah. feels like you're not like how dumb are you that you know zombies are around and you're still like not clearing hallways before you're just sitting in the hallway if, if it almost feels like and I don't know I don't want to like it's just like this feels like a complex screenplay to write you know and it just seems oh, like at, at some point it just overwhelmed the writers and they're just like we now's where we're deciding we're gonna thin the herd out and they just couldn't think of cool ways to kill people like basically is what it came down to could it be that, that they've all been done already mm, no, no I, I, not necessarily i mean look when they're running through the christmas tree yeah place it's awesome and the two guys I was say, those are my favorite scenes yeah but then like the one guy's two friends he turns around and they're just zombies you know we don't even really see him get bit there could have been some kind of cool scene where like he picked up a tree stand and whacked his friend with it or like something with a tree branch or they could have incorporated something more in that and i like that it becomes kind of like a hedge maze there mm-hmm. And like a tree falls over and like blocks the path and like they have to go around. Like there's cool yeah. stuff there. I think the problem, I think a problem, not the problem, but I think a problem this movie has is that it doesn't make the zombies seem like a formidable opponent. Like it just seems mm-hmm. like, like based on how easily Anna and uh, the douchey sports guy can kill people <laughs> and kill them, it just feels like, oh, they're not a threat. And then to have everyone die so quickly, that's disappointing. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, like, you could kind of, I guess you could say, like, look, they're in high school, they're kids, they might panic, or they might not just know what to do or how to handle themselves entirely, and and they are going to be in shock to a degree and stuff, but if you're writing the movie, you can write them out of that, too. I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. Like, I do wish, like, I I feel like the kids should have screwed up because they're young kids, you know, they're high school kids, but, like, uh, I just wish it was a little more creative in that sense or a little more, like, yeah. You know, plausible. Not, you know, just plausible. Well, this is this is one of your segments, right? About whether they seem high school age or not? Right? Yeah. I mean, do they seem high school age or I not? I think so. Yeah. To I me think they so, did. too. Yeah. yeah totally. That's why I didn't even bring it up, because it wasn't anything where I was like, ooh, that looks like a 40-year-old man. <laughs> but I actually think, like, it pl- they play into it, too, pretty well. Like, of all the things, I think they do that the best. They have kids that look and act like they're in high school, to me, for me. Like, in, in, in a zombie apocalypse, like, I could say, like, you know, not everybody in my high school would have survived the zombie. I mean, my five dads would have been fine because we were punks <laughs> and we had, you know, wallet chains and stuff. But like, yeah, I, I could see, you know, the girl who sang the Santa song, right? Like, she didn't see like seem like a real badass or anything. So, uh, you know, I could understand her maybe not surviving the night or anything. But it just feels like the way she died was so dumb. Like it just, yes, it just that, careless. I think that you goes just back, wanted her to sing the song again. Yeah, definitely. That goes, <laughs> but that goes back to the idea where it's just like, okay, it just seems like she the script, we need yeah. to thin it out again. This is the scene where people are going to go, so yeah. like we just need to get through this. Was that the only Christmas song in the film? 
maybe. I think until the closing credits. Yeah, that then was a little disappointing. What, what did you think of the Christmas elements of this film? So I thought that the decorations and stuff were great. I love how Anna used the candy cane as her primary weapon. Oh my weapon. god, what a cool like, that was! Like I had no problem with the setting and the dressing and stuff. It felt holiday appropriate to me. But it doesn't feel necessary to it, right? Like it doesn't have to take place at right. Christmas. No, I guess I guess not. Not die hard guys, but it just happened to be that time. Well, yeah, but I mean, well, it does kind of feel like, I mean, it's... I mean, I wish every movie was a Christmas like, movie. Yeah, no, I mean, it doesn't seem like we're learning the meaning of Christmas in this movie. <laughs> I'm serious, I'm serious, though. Like, that is what, you know, look, in vac- in, in, I mean, in Christmas Vacation, you kind of relearn the meaning of Christmas in that movie, you know? At least, like, the Griswold family realize what it's all about, and it, that's what the movie's about, family and giving and, also, and sharing. In terms of Die Hard, like, there's, it, it's not... It doesn't have to be set at Christmas, but it gives him reason to be on the West Coast. Fair. It yeah. gives them all reason to be having a holiday party at the office. Yeah, and to reconcile with his wife. Like, yeah. it's the season of forgiveness. And all. <laughs> like, I'm, no, seriously. Like, what, what, what are the Christmas true. elements of this? That, like, the girl's uh, parents are on vacation, which could have happened at any time, right? That there's a Christmas pageant at school, but it could have been any kind of talent show, right? And then there's decorations, but like that doesn't play into anything. Like it just feels. I yeah, know. I mean, yeah, it could have just been Anna and the apocalypse. It didn't have to be Anna and the Christmas apocalypse. Not that this is necessarily a bad thing, or maybe it is, but it feels like a bunch of people, and one of them, rest in peace, were in a room and like, wouldn't it be so badass if we made a zombie film that was a musical? Fuck, let's have it take place at Christmas too. Well, yeah, let's just keep throwing yeah. darts at the board, right? <laughs> like. Which I'm fine with. You know, I just, I just wish that, like, it's, again, not half-baked ideas. I think they're, like, three-quarters or 90 or 80 or 90% baked ideas, but they just don't all gel together yeah. in a way it, that I love. I feel like it got super-duper close to what I wanted it to be, but didn't quite make it across the finish line, and I'm definitely glad, though, that it exists, like, rather than not exist. Like, I'm, I'm oh, yeah, glad absolutely. these people went out on the line and put themselves out there and, and was like, look, let's, like mash all this together and yeah. see what happens. Maybe the next time someone will do a little a little better and we'll just get closer and closer because, look, I love modern musicals and I love them when they're sort of assigned to a genre like this. Like, I think that's a really cool idea. Like, I'd love to see a sci-fi musical one day out Ooh. in space. Like, Has yeah. there ever been? Well, I'm sure there's been like a rock opera rock set horror. in spy- sci-fi. <laughs> well, that takes place on Earth, but they are aliens. <laughs> yes. But I'm wow, sure... Wow, spoiler alert. Jeez. You didn't... Oh, I'm sorry. They, no well, idea. he's a... It's He's like from Planet first, Transylvania. It's in the first song. It's in the first, it's in his like yeah, it's in Rocky's first song. But no, but like I I like the concept. And so I'm glad they went for it. And and I enjoyed it. But yes, you know, it could have been better. Yes, but uh, it's a very difficult thing to go for in the first place. So they did really well with what they tried to do. Seems like a good time to take a break there. Huge Christmas size, thank you. Joey and Mike for recording with me. And I just want to be clear, the three of us all really like this film. Ask Joey or Mike on Twitter, they'll tell you. We had a blast watching it together. Never has anyone ever overanalyzed a zombie slasher Christmas musical quite like the three of us. I can guarantee that. So next week, next week's going to be fun. And it'll include another extra special debut song from Mike Manzi's high school punk band, my five dads nice little stocking stuffer there and guess what while we were listening partying it up the snow seems to have stopped i bet the roads are still bad though hmm well i'm really thankful you guys came and kyle earlier i had such a great great time hope you did too screw the other ones you know who needs them john cusack didn't even show up and you know i invited him but who cares right I have the best people in the world right here with me right now. Thank you, slumberers. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Like, share, subscribe, comment. Drop me a message. I get lonely. You know, Friday's great, the weekend's great, but Monday through Thursday, lonely time for me. Love to chat. Drop me a line. Oh, and make sure you leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or check us out and all the other amazing shows on the Cage Club Podcast Network. And you can find them at cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. But you know what? The best way to spread the word and spread the joy? Tell a friend. 
You have a lot of friends, we know that. Tell them. And what a great way to save money on a gift for a friend or loved one this year than by spreading the word of high school slumber party. Come on, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Every Friday, for as long as I keep wanting to do this. Clark, it's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. Huh, I wonder who it could be. Hey, you guys made it! I'm so happy you came! Great to see ya! Hey, get that lampshade off your head! Apologies, I have some hosting duties to do. You want some eggnog? Coquito? Hot toddy? Oh, and in 20 minutes we're going to be playing the minister's cat. Get your adjectives ready. Sorry, sorry. So that's our show for this week. Don't forget to listen to next week's episode, part two of our Christmas special. Happy holidays, everyone. I leave you with Joey's favorite song, It's That Time of Year. Later, dudes. Hey, get that horse off the couch. Nice sweater, Jeremy. It's over. Go home. Go.